Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Aviation Renaissance with Spencer and Spencer. I'm Spencer. That's Spencer. You let that intro run pretty long. It, I do. Yeah. You enjoyed that music. That was good. Well, I mean, I wrote it. Why wouldn't I enjoy yeah, that's it? True. That's true. You know? <laughs> so today we are joined with, by, or, who? <laughs> He's already I don't know. Up yeah. senses. No. English is hard. It happens all the time. I'm not an educated man. I'm a dumb grunt, <laughs> so... Um, Sam Linton from Lifestyle Aviation nice. is here with us. We are at the Oshkosh Air Show 2022. Air Show. <laughs> and uh, we have Sam with us. Sam, welcome. Tell Thanks. us about yourself. Happy to be here. Sales Director, Lifestyle Aviation, Sam Linton. All I am is a glorified guy that likes to talk to people about airplanes. And I wouldn't even say glorified. So um, <laughs> Don't sell yourself short, Sam. Yeah, You're glorified. No, go. don't sell yourself short. Sell, sell some freaking airplanes. Uh, That's <laughs> well, just so the you know, listeners know the full context, Here we, we are most of the way through Oshkosh. <laughs> we talk to hundreds of people. Mm. All of us talking on the podcast have talked to hundreds of people this week. So, mm. um... Uh, Tapped is uh, kind of an understatement sometimes, but we'll do the best to uh, let you know, give you guys a context and you know, index into what we look at and what we enjoy. How did you get your start? So not with lifestyle. How did you get your start in aviation? Great question. Generally, you know, a lot of people ask aviation sales, "How do you get into that?" Um, so I was born in Anchorage, Alaska. Um, and, uh, I left when I was pretty young, but we always kept a business and a lot of family up there. My family's been up there since the fifties and, you know, in Alaska, you, you have to have a pickup truck, but you also have to have an airplane because sure. driving is, is not feasible all over the state. And in order to explore that beautiful state, you got to fly. And so my dad always kept a mall M five. It's an older airplane. And it was an Alaska bush plane. It was a little tr pickup truck, fundamentally. We could throw whatever. Big tires. Wanted. Big tires, yeah. relatively big tires. But um, it was like the budget at the time, the budget, you know, uh, bush plane. Um, you know, the rich guys had the 185s that were all tricked out, big tires, you know, big bush stuff. And then, you know, the doctors had the super cubs. The mall was kind of a mix between both. It could do both, but not as well. It was kind of in the middle. So... We always kept that airplane up there. Um, always enjoyed flying with my dad and got the itch for it. But, you know, never really wanted to fly airlines. So we got a business degree, um, got my license, had a private pilot's license. Um, was going to go into, you know, finance. My dad was a in, in a director of a, a hedge fund, effectively, in New York. Mm. And so was going to go more the finance track, had an internship. Long story short, figured wasn't exactly where I should be, um, and then uh, stumbled into another internship in college at Lifestyle Aviation. Um, John Armstrong is our founder, founded it like 14 years ago, but I joined on about five years ago. We were super small, kind of representing Diamond, but just doing anything designed or built in this century, so we said modern. Um, mm. And that internship led from one thing to another, and five years later, you know, we have quadrupled to whatever above quadrupled is in size. And, um, <laughs> That's hard. It um, is it, different. Four times more. Four. I know what quadruple is. Oh, well, you're I was thinking there. of five. Yeah, what right? is the five? So I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe? I don't, I don't know. know. Pentagon? I, anyways, so Pen we're... I, I'm not even going to try that one. <laughs> so four to five years later, we're having fun. Um, you know, got a big team. Uh, we cover 25 states exclusively for diamonds. You know, in that time, I've gotten helicopter ratings, multi-engine ratings. So I, I'm the demo pilot for a lot of our, anything diamond related. We do. Uh, I'll I'll be one of the demo pilots for. And so it's a blast because I get to combine business as well as you know aviation passion. Sure. Where'd you go to school? 
North Carolina State University. Oh. Yeah. In- yeah, Wolfpack. You got yeah. it. Engineering school in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, which is also, you know, where Lifestyle is located uh, at RDU. Cool. So, internship yeah. with Lifestyle turned into a full-time job. Very full-time job. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. We talk to a lot of people in aviation sales and how they get their start. And it's all, they kind of stumble all into it. Now, granted... You know, we, we actively recruit, I wouldn't say recruit, but hire on a regular basis. So if people are interested in it, have a similar track, have a, you know, we, we end up hiring a lot of these guys um, as much as we can. Because, and gals. And gals, thank you. And gals. Um, because talent's so hard to come by. Um, so, you know, if anybody, especially listening, has any desire to combine aviation and business, we don't. We tell guys up front, or and gals, thank you. Um, <laughs> uh, I, nobody saw it because you know this isn't recorded. But yeah. I gave them a look. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> definitely did. But we tell everybody, you're not. It's not a flying job necessarily, but you get to combine a lot of hobbies and passions, and you get to go to cool air shows. Mm. And if you're really good at it, it's it can be a pretty good flying job, and certainly a, a great career. Didn't uh, didn't the founder of Lifestyle? Didn't he get his start in software or selling software? Yeah. He told me his story a while ago, and I'm trying to remember it. So John had a, a uh, software company in the 90s, mm-hmm. in the early 2000s. Double check me on the timeline on that. But um, <clears throat> ended up selling it and stumbled into, uh, you know, he had a passion for aviation as well. And him being in the tech space, and also he learned in, uh, to fly in a J3 Cup. Mm. So aviation and tech were where he was excited. So... Um, when he sold his company, he was trying to figure out what to do next. He ended up helping out Cirrus with the centennial flight celebration, you know, the 100-year mm. Wright brother thing because we're in North Carolina. Right. Um, <clears throat> he did that, and then he was watching the G1000 come together. He did a huge market analysis and decided Diamond was where he should kind of start his focus. So he made a business case a number of years back to help represent Diamond. And, uh, you know, he can tell his story. You should get him on the podcast. Yeah. But, Ever since he's uh, been doing it, and you know we're, we're very proud that we're the largest dealer, um, at least last year, and we expect this year we'll be the largest dealer for diamond in the world. That's pretty awesome. Wow. So we're here at your booth, um, and you've got several different mod- models of planes out here. Let's kind of talk about them a little bit and the characteristics of each one and which one you like more. Sure. Let's start down at that end with the 62. No, you can't start with the 62. We got to start small and go. Okay, big. let's go with the 40. <laughs> well, so if we start with the 40, though, we're going to transition over into our partnership with Diamond about turning it electric. I want to talk about that for sure, but okay. I think we actually start with the 20 because that's where okay. everything basically yeah, started. The 20. So the 20 was, um, you know, Christian Dreaves, and, you know, Diamond should tell you the full story if you guys don't know it already uh, or representative directly, but. The 20 was effectively the first aircraft, and it's what also, uh, you know, the Canadian plant was initially producing. It's just this little, you know, they took a motor glider effectively over in Europe because they were the composite experts, chopped the wings off of it, and made it, I say chop, but you don't need that, those long wings for training, and made a little two-piece trainer that is a lot of fun to fly, mm. and you're able to spin. So it's a great little training aircraft. Um, sold a ton of them. U.S. Air Force uses them as their... At in DOS and I believe it's Colorado Springs. They've got a ton of them, as you know. A lot of our Air Force um, pilots is one of their first airplanes they ever interact with. DA twenty, huh? DA twenty. Wow. So you go from a DA twenty to a F thirty five. Not quite. There's quite no in between. <laughs> there's a well. There's a progression. There, yeah, right? certainly a progression for sure. But um, you know, one of the largest DA twenty um, operators, if not potentially the largest. I haven't checked. 
Um, but then, you know, I give Diamond a huge amount of credit because they took that DA20, they took all the composite, you know, technology that they learned from it, and uh, they they decided, hey, it's time for a clean sheet design. And so, um, you know, independent from all the other operators at the time, under this new Part 23 certification that came in the in the 90s, uh, that had all these requirements, they designed from a clean sheet the DA40. Clean sheet design. Clean huh? sheet design, and wow. you know, um, <clears throat> basically they, you know, they're motor glider guys, so they have all these direct link push rods, airplanes. They don't believe in cables and pulleys necessarily mm. because it just it, it provides slop. So one of the main things they did push rods all throughout the wings. Uh, got rid of uh, as many cables and pulleys as they possibly can. The rudders are still done with uh, cables, but they're rigged in a way to where whenever you do maintenance on it, you don't have to re-rig the cables, so they're always super tight. Um, they put the occupant in the center of the airframe underneath a, a, a roll bar, roll cage, and it's a 26G roll cage structure. Um, they also looked at accidents from previous eras, and they were shocked that airplanes, when they hit the ground, they burned up. So Diamond Design... You don't say. You don't say, <laughs> I know. Well, Ford, you look at Ford back, and they had the Pinto. The one time oh, it got oh, rammed, yeah. then they had that massive recall. Yes. Well, aviation's different. Airplanes yeah. hit the ground all the time and burn, but, you know, it's... In the case of the automotive world, it's the manufacturer for designing it. It's their fault. But in, auto, in aviation, it's like, well, you know, if the plane didn't crash, it wouldn't have burned. So, anyways... <laughs> Diamond took that wonderful opportunity to say, let's clean sheet this. So they made a dual spar system in the wing and then shoved these crushable aluminum tanks in that dual spar system and then steel braided lines to the engine. Uh, you know, you can impact these things hard and the fuel does not spill out. So Ooh. it's pretty amazing. Um, of course, we got to talk about EP systems. Thankfully, you know, with that, it'll be a little different. We don't need the fuel containment because right. you guys have done such a good job with your battery packs. Right. Um, but... Uh, and then, you know, start going back to it, you know, push rods, um, they did the 26G roll cage structure, the fuel containment. Uh, they designed that tail. A lot of people look at a picture of a DA40 and they're so confused by the skinny tail. But that's all for crosswind component. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the, the air flows over it and then you got that big rudder in the back. So you got plenty of directional control. Um, and then they made a modular design. If you make a really good wing on a smaller airplane, why can't you just scale it up to other airplanes? And so, sure. um, and then build a platform off of it. And mm -hmm. 40s had, you know, IO360 in the US, the mm -hmm. Austro A300. And now, you know, uh, from a lifestyle perspective, we're extremely excited for this new EP systems and the Epic battery battery pack system because it it's a game changer um, in our space. There's so many flight schools that just do 60-minute right. operations, and they need that 30-minute window, and then they can fast charge. And um, uh, certainly excited to talk about that. Well, the support. DA40, I mean, that's that's big for both of our companies, but uh, it's, it's big for anybody that's interested in getting their pilot's license, you it know, is. because it drives the cost, overall cost of maintaining it, flying it down, which makes it more affordable for more people it is and you know the cool thing about this whole you know learning about EPS um, learning about the epic battery pack um, and then pairing that with diamond is you know inevitably we're gonna get a lot of manufacturers getting into electrical mm -hmm. um, and there's already some you know electric airplanes moving around but uh, the DA 40 because it was designed so well it the airframe itself is pretty well conducive to putting this electric battery pack on it. Say, I mean, you guys, I'm sure, are already talking about it, but slapping yep. it on another airframe, you might not necessarily get the range because of the efficiencies of 
uh, the DA-40 itself. I think that was the, mm -hmm. the main goal to go with the DA-40 yeah. is because of those things right those there. efficiencies, yeah. yeah. Well, and the other thing you got to remember that really makes Diamond stand out is the innovation. Yeah. I mean, how many aircraft companies do a clean sheet? Like, I know the DA-40 has been around, but that doesn't happen very frequently because it's in aviation. It's take what you know and build on it. But when companies have done clean sheet, uh, like I think of Bombardier, right? They're another one. Uh, you know, you can just innovate, right? Yeah. So, I mean, how long uh, how long have you been flying now? Long time. So, I mean, I legally with a rating, um, hand. Let's see, a couple more years than I've been working here. So six, seven years. But you know, flying, flying. You know, it was a fabric. You know, in tube airplane. <laughs> um, and so, you know, that was designed in the 50s. You know, they weren't thinking necessarily about crash protection mm -hmm. or they didn't have wind tunnels back then. They were hand sketching the thing out and trying to figure it out and then seeing if it flew. Um, so very different than what we have today. And, you know, you say clean sheet. DA-40 was absolutely clean sheet. And they took a lot of the good lessons learned right. there, and then they just scaled it. So yes. jump into the model, the next model really quick, the 42. The 42. Yep. Easiest thing to talk about because they basically just took the cabin size of the 40. They put a different center section in it to support two um, power plants. Um, and uh, they were extremely revolutionary with the 42 because that was kind of an introduction of the diesel engine. Mm. Um, now, we're... We're not going to hide the fact that the first couple generations of the diesel engine had some teething problems. Um, <laughs> but, you know, since 2009, we've been relying on the Austro engine power plant, yeah. which is cast iron block that we basically bought the rights from for Mercedes. And it's uh, kept it on it. And most of the airplanes on the line right here are, are that exact block. So 42, great aircraft, revolutionary multi-engine trainer, single lever FADEC crazy because no other airplane in that category class has that ability so um really you know when we sell it it's a single engine with a redundant second engine um mm. because a lot of people are hesitant about twins because of the older era twins sure so uh and then jump into the 50 we're super excited Ooh, about dude, it. that plane is awesome so in, interesting <laughs> enough we that plane's been around a long time. Yeah, it has. How long yeah. has it been around now? Don't quote me on the timing. <laughs> um, it's been around a while because they designed it a long time ago. But I, I believe right before the you know the great the recession in 08, oh, 7, 08, yeah. it was right around when it was because they had an engine manufacturer. And again, this was before my time at Lifestyle Diamond, what have you. Um, they had a different engine manufacturer that went insolvent or or didn't quite work out at the time. Um, and then so they, I'm not going to say they mothballed that project, but they took the center section of the 50 and then they just jumped it to the 62. So they, um, you know, basically put the engines on it, made it bigger because everybody kind of wanted a little bit bigger airframe. Yeah. And so the 62 came out, they just tuned the engines from the 42 up to 180 horsepower. Mm -hmm. And uh, both the 42 and 62 are just tremendous platforms yeah. for just global transportation as well as just anything you need to do, any weather you really need to go through, it's capable of it. Mm -hmm. um, and then they brought back the, the 50 because they had the right power plant for it. Uh, they work with Continental Motors, twin turbocharged V6, DA50. So we're excited for it, and we'll do a demo tour later this year. What's uh, what's the time frame on that, the DA40 right now? I mean, it's sitting right out here at the booth, just for everybody to know. And yeah. The 50, right? The DA50, yeah. and it's, right. the, it's the, like the, the pinnacle aircraft here at the booth. 
So uh, it's Yasa certified, so it's flying oh. around in Europe. All right. Um, there's like 25 or 30 already built. Um, they're ramping up production over there. Um, we're expecting FA, uh, you know, they call it TC type certification yeah. Yeah. by the end of this year. But again, you know, we can't control the FAA. Diamond yeah. sure. can't control the FAA. Oh, we were well aware. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you guys are, and <laughs> you definitely see it from that perspective. Um, you know, most people don't understand. They uh, really analyze every part of this. Um, Absolutely. And not just every part, every process that goes to make that part. Yeah. Exactly. It's not only manufacturing the, you know, they're not only certifying the, the fidget, but they're certifying how you build that fidget and other right. things like that. Right. Um, and I don't want to throw any shade on Boeing, but Boeing definitely made a lot of aircraft manufacturers' life a lot more difficult because uh, long gone. I'm not going to say a lot of these regulatory agencies just kind of did a checkbox when another one, you know, certified it, but things have become a lot more, a lot harder, especially when software is involved. I don't, I, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing, though. It's not, no. Because now it's it's only made it more safe yeah, and no. more reliable. So, I mean, maybe they took the fall on that one, but overall it was good for the industry. Probably was good to have a shakeup, um, certainly, and just kind of reset parameters because, you know, again, uh, it's tough to tell with aerospace, but it, it, it does make the barriers to entry in this space a little higher, and they were already pretty high. Sure. So we're going to talk about electric aviation yeah. here real quick, and uh, it was our, our CTO, Mike Armstrong, that kind of had to win you over on that. So, yeah. Tell, tell us about how that went. I'll give you some context. So we showed up and uh, there's a dealer meeting, an annual dealer meeting um, in the fall. And so, you know, I uh, flew over to Austria, excited about Diamond, you know, learning, uh, you know, dealing with the, the annual kind of meeting. Mm -hmm. And uh, I knew something was announcing that week. I didn't know exactly what it was <clears throat> and uh, pulled off the red, you know, the um, uh, curtain or whatever. And. Right there was the mock-up of the EDA-40. And I was like, ah, oh, super cool. Started asking some, you know, their, their, their video on it, you guys' video on it, it gave a little teaser, but there was still a lot of big questions I had. Sure. And um, I was wondering, hey, you know, is this, is this a product release just to get more interest in Diamond? And, you know, it'll eventually come, but not, nothing serious. Uh, is this a theory? What is this? And so... Um, you know, as all good knowledge is conveyed or, or given, over a couple beers, I sat down with <laughs> one of you guys' heads. Um, actually, most of you guys' heads that were, they were there. were there, yeah. Um, and uh, Mr. Armstrong, you know, we've got just talked the technical side to he me. He is extremely intelligent, isn't very he? Very intelligent. Holy cow. And I know. I, you know, I was, like, blown away fundamentally because it's like, all right, you know, you guys had, not a rebuttal, but you guys had an answer for every single one of my concerns. And then you brought up concerns that I would have never thought of. That it's sure. like, oh, yeah, you guys are already paying attention to that. So, you know, whether it be the, the cells, keeping them from going into... Um, thermal runaway. Thermal runaway, yep. that's it. Because, you know, it's inevitable airplanes crash into the ground. Just like Diamond designed the fuel containment, you guys are going to design the uh, the batteries from going into thermal. Um, and then the fast charging. Um, and then... You know, at these air shows, we always get the dumbest questions. And so we always, <laughs> they're fun questions, they're, though. They're, no, they're, they're, fun. they're fun questions, and they're very enlightening. But, you know, some of the stuff that we've heard before is like, all right, you're going to put chargers on every single airport, every single place. Like, 
you know, we already have problems running over cones with airplanes. Like, <laughs> what, what's going to happen when there's cords everywhere? <laughs> sure. Um, so, you know, all these good questions that had a great answer to them and, and were, were thought out, we, you know, it, it excited me. It really did. And then, you know, bringing it back to what I talked about earlier, where you guys actually thought of, you know, the DA-40 is a really good platform to put mm -hmm. this on. The airframe's, you know, very expandable. It can handle quite a bit of weight uh, for what it is, and it's overbuilt. I, in a good way. Mm -hmm. I think also um, you're going to get better performance out of that electric motor and those electric and, and the and the battery modules over the ICE engine that's in there. Yes, yes, I think you will. Um, it because you don't have to deal with a lot of density altitude right. stuff. Now we we've been benefit. You know, the Austro does is have does have turbo normalization, um, but flight training environment. Um, you know, I'm excited to see instant torque at electric motor, you know, taking off, right. um, not having to worry about, you know, overheating the engine on a, on a you know, concurrent cycle as you, as you go takeoffs and landings and just beating up the pattern. Um, I'm excited to see it. And, you know, I'm, I'm also a believer in, in electric. I got a Tesla. I love it. Absolutely sure. love it. And so um, we are getting from that early adopter stage to really, you know, the next product cycle, which I forget exactly what it is, but uh, where you know, we're really open to this technology. Well, and I think uh, open to this technology, and then this is the fun thing when you talk about aviation, because how many actual <laughs> manufacturers of, especially GA aircraft, are there? You know, there's uh, there's like kind of a handful, but you have your big names, you got your Piper Archer, your Cessna, and now Diamond has entered that conversation. I think the one impressive thing, and it's still going back to the founder of Lifestyle, John, which we'll definitely yeah. have him on here, saying he looked around and said, hey, Diamond seems to be like the forefront, and that's what I want to start with. Well, I just, they were so uh, collaborative. They were so, like, inviting, accepting yeah. of us coming, saying, what about, you know, an, an electric or them coming to us and having this conversation, <laughs> right, of, hey, let's make this work. Like, yeah. you guys focus on the batteries. We have the airframe. We have the DA-40, which is a leading airframe. And they made it work when there's other aircraft manufacturers that are still very skeptical of this whole, you know, uh, transformation. Well, the thing that's interesting about aviation is, and Oshkosh and Sun and Fun are the perfect ways <laughs> to describe this because you walk around every year, year, and if you come multiple years, you'll see a lot of... Um, like these new cool technologies and then you'll come back the next year and it'll be the same new cool technologies but they won't be certified and then you come back the next year and you're three four five years into it where you're like okay like nothing's really changing sure yeah and you, so that's one side of it the other side of it is you know we all have egos aviation set tends oh, to fuel, yeah. fuel a lot of them <laughs> but you know these these ex existing oems uh, you know manufacturers effectively they're selling airplanes, so they're like, well, why do we change anything? Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's it. Well, why so, would we change when it works? I mean, you know, Cessna has got the 172. It's got a G1000 NXI, so it's, the avionics are updated, but it's not changed that much. Mm -hmm. And they don't really have to try that hard to sell it. Like, it's, they sell a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Well, you've also got to look at regulatory agencies governments and everything now yeah. that there are states in the united states but there's also countries over in europe and everything that are gonna do away with internal internal combustion engines by 2035 very much and so. and yeah. what's next 
well, when you can't produce a DA40 anymore because it's a internal combustion engine that's running on low leaded fuel. I think the thing you're going to get to first is low lead is right. what you talked mm-hmm. about. Um, and thankfully diamonds out of that. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, even the DA20, they, you can run MoGas through, um, one of the ones is not in the U S but you can run MoGas through it, but the entire diamond line, um, has a jet a option. Mm-hmm. Jetty's for better, for worse, never going away in our lifetimes, at least, because right. that's what Boeing, that's what you know, Airbus run off of. Yeah, yeah. Um, you can buy it anywhere in the world. It's readily available. Hundred low lead, however, if you take the, you know, I'm not going to, I'm trying to figure out the good terminology, but if you just take the environmental concerns out, it's a supply chain problem too, because mm. there's not a lot of lead producers in the world, and. If we had, you know, God forbid, we saw with the with COVID, supply chain things can impact anything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, let's say something happened at one of these lead facilities, which there's a very few of, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, then we have, you know, general aviation piston aircraft that were once worth $900 million, what have you, on the new front. Some of these really, really nice ones. Now, you know, you can't get fuel for them. Right. And, you know, the counter to that ba- debate is the 100UL debate. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I know I think last Oshkosh they certified or maybe Sun and Fun, you know, 100UL on some of these engines, it's possible. But just, A, retrofitting that to each and every individual aircraft, yeah. it's going to be its own oh. you know, can of worms. And, B, <laughs> um, you know, retrofitting the, the fueling inventory everywhere. Like every small FBO, every mom and pop that bought their fuel farm 20 years ago mm. that is set up for 100 low lead and has got to completely redo that with new EPA standards, so mm. on and so forth. I just, it's tough for me to see that as a feasible option. So mm-hmm. I'm very happy with Diamond in the sense where everything is Jet A, if you have the option to, and then they're ready for the next step which is the electric. Right. And the electric is coming. It absolutely is mm-hmm. coming. So. It, it's already here. Yeah. I mean, we we have over 40-something unique battery designs that we've learned from at EP Systems. Absolutely. We're, we're up in the air already on eight or something different platforms. Right now, yeah. Um, but we by no means are the only company doing this. Yeah. And uh, I was last week at the Farnborough International Air Show, and that was heavily focused on evitals yeah that was pretty much the like theme of farnborough last week was evitals and i guess my question out of that actually to you guys yeah. is you know the evitals are really good city to uh, yeah the thing the route i think of the most is downtown new york city to jfk jfk Absolutely. yeah all those 20 minute hops that are just quick easy you know battery charge on either side but you're always going to have a need for, you know, what the 62 or the 42 or the 50 yeah. encompass, not flight training, not quick, hop, sure. quick hops, but longer travel. Yep. And so um, when do you guys see that evolution getting there in technology? Well, are you so in terms of like making electric, uh, like a DA62 fixed wing, or are you thinking about an EVATOL doing regional? Or like um, just longer just distance, it's just longer, distance. Flights. longer flights. It, it's coming, right? So we're currently working on characterizing new cells. Yeah. The way it's been put is, you know, it, cell technology is incremental because it's yeah. chemistry. There's yeah. your very dumb answer to that. So it, it, it will get there. It just takes time, yeah. right? Incremental innovation. So uh, obviously still a few years out. I mean, we are working with companies or, or even internally looking at like a, 
a PC-12 or a yeah. caravan, uh, looking at that, and even all the way up to a possible Dash 8, yeah. right, a, a four-motor aircraft. But in terms of hitting that, like, the 400-mile the range, kind of that regional, you're, you're, you're still a few, years, uh, a few years away, right? So we're focused on this trainer market, but it, it'll come. It'll definitely come. I, I would say we're we're five to ten years away from from that regional yeah. travel yeah. kind of stuff, and that's that's industry wide. It's yeah. not just us. I yeah. think you're right. Yeah, and the cool thing again, we're sitting at the diamond booth, so we might as well talk about them. We have right. tomorrow's answer, which is electric with with Jet A, able to you know do what the electric can't. Right, and then you have the airframes to then potentially convert to electric to do what that five to 10 year goal. Well, that's kind of what the auto industry did, right? They yeah. started off with hybrid vehicles first. Yeah. And then as the technology advanced and came along, they were going, they were able to go into a hundred percent EV vehicles. Yeah, and I, yeah. and, and that's similar to what the aviation industry is doing yep. now. Let's, let's use the best technology that we have available to start making this happen now. Yeah. And as those evolutions of technologies come along, you incorporate it in to be able to push yeah. this technology forward. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Very exciting. Um, yeah. I'm sure you guys go to work every day like, we are someone on the cutting edge. I'm well, sure there's more stuff that I don't even know about that you're like, yeah, we're on the cutting edge. Yeah, there, so, there certainly is. It's uh, it's exciting to go to work yeah. every day. I'm Well, some days it's like, do I really got to go? And that's that's just like personal reasons. Maybe I stayed <laughs> up too late, you yeah. know, that kind of thing. But when it comes to the actual work, it's exciting. Well, what I look forward to with the electric future is just, you know, it's inevitable with internal combustion engines, you've got thousands of parts pulling each other apart. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. I just look forward to the reliable aspect. I say reliable, but, you know, in training, ingrained in training at all times, um, we are always, you know, told to be ready for the engine failure. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that anybody should let their guard down necessarily immediately with electricity, but I see the premise of how exciting that really is because there's an opportunity to. Yeah. The the safety factor is number one priority yeah. in our mind. It's, um, yeah. And it should be in everybody's mind, right? Yeah. So when somebody gets into an EDA40, they don't want to be thinking about the batteries. No. They want to be thinking about flying and yeah. flying safely and getting off the ground and doing what they have to do and getting back down on the ground. It shouldn't be a concern in the forefront of their mind of I'm flying in an electric airplane right yeah. now. And that's that's why we focus so heavily on safety. And it's it shows it really does. And it's it's exciting. Um, like I said, you're no longer a thousand parts moving in separate directions. You are right. one electric motor, which we've seen in industries outside of this. Yeah. It's just extremely reliable. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we could talk all day about that, yeah. uh, but we're going to wrap it up here, Sam. <clears throat> Bro, sorry for that. Appreciate having you on today. Yeah. We can keep going. And we didn't even talk about the amazing cost benefits of no, we going didn't. electric. We can. Right. I, I want to do a big shout out here to, to Lifestyle. Just my experience, I, I traveled to Lifestyle when I first started EPS, and these guys just have it figured out. So good work on Thank everything you. you guys do. John, you, Sharon, uh, they really take care of their customers, and they focus on safety, innovation, best performance. 
Uh, so if you're looking to buy an aircraft, I would call Sam here first. Call Sam. <laughs> call Sam. I'm already if if if, uh, if I'm able to, Sam's gonna be the first one I call. I know when we've been looking around for planes at EPS, we've we've talked to Sam. So if uh, if somebody comes to you from listening to this podcast, I only want one percent of your. I, I want two and a half though because I'm doing a longer spiel here. So well, maybe uh, I'll just come out to Utah and fly. You there guys. you go. There go. That'll yeah. that'll work. I can't be bought that. Ah. Easy, Sam. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it uh, this week. Thank you, Sam. Yeah. Thank you, everyone for listening to the aviation renaissance go ahead and subscribe leave us a review keep listening each week we're having a lot of exciting things coming out and uh, a lot of a lot of more interesting conversations so tune in next week thanks everyone thanks guys